Christmas. Would you like me to show you that God has a sense of humor? So I had this plan all worked out. I'm going to sneak in after church starts, put my microphone on, walk right in. Nobody will know any different. I walk in the door when my wife has the microphone in her hand. So, so much for my plan, right? So she comes to me this morning and she's like, we got this, we can handle it. And I'm like, I know you can. I just feel like I'm supposed to do what I'm supposed to do today. And she said, are you, are you hearing from God? Or are you being stubborn? And I said, why does it have to be one or the other? <laughs> so uh, we're going to work together today, okay? Because this is all I got. This volume right here is all I got. And so I'm going to need you to lean in with me today. Because here's what I feel. Um, this Advent series that we do is, is not unlike every other Advent series that we've done. We'll talk about some of the same elements that we talk about every year during Advent. But I'm just wondering today if, if maybe you're here, maybe you're watching online, and you found yourself needing hope. That maybe hope has been fleeting. That maybe hope seems like a distant pipe dream. But today, I, I want us to talk about the God of all hope. So Advent, and, and I know many of you maybe uh, perhaps didn't grow up in a, a faith tradition or denomination that celebrated Advent and called it that. Uh, I know when we've done this in the past, I've had people come up to me and say, you know, I've been in, in a church of God or Pentecostal church in my life, and we just never did this. And, and uh, we do here, and we do it on purpose because Advent is really three things, and here's what I want you to understand. Advent is, first of all, a celebration of the past. If you're patient in the room, raise your hand. Not a lot of hands. Yeah, Mikey's patient, yeah. yeah. Um, you know that feeling that you get when you're waiting on something and waiting and waiting and waiting? And waiting, sort of like I'm waiting for another grandchild. I'm waiting, <laughs> waiting, <clears throat> waiting, and waiting, and waiting. Not even going to look over there. I want you to imagine a, an entire nation waiting and waiting and waiting for a promise that was thousands of years old. And then that promise being realized, not as anyone foresaw it, See, all of those people saw this promise as a military, political king, and he shows up crying in a, as a baby in a manger. wonder what they felt like when their hope, when their promise was just fulfilled. Imagine the celebration. So I wonder this Advent season, what are you celebrating? What are you celebrating? Are you celebrating the the parade, the parade was cool. I wish I could have been here. I heard it was awesome. Is it, but is, is that 
Is, is that the end of it? Is it the, is it the, the lights and, and, and the shopping? Who did Black Friday? I, I don't understand that. And if you do it, God bless you. Never invite me because I'll have to tell you no. Just saying, Amazon's open 24 hours a day. So Advent is celebration of the past. Advent is comfort in the present. And maybe this is the most important part. Because what we celebrate this season is not just what happened. I mean, that's a huge part of it, isn't it? We don't just celebrate that Jesus came. We celebrate that he came as Emmanuel, God with us. We celebrate not that he came, but that he's here, and he is. He's here. And maybe what I want you to hear from me this morning is that whatever circumstance you're walking through, whatever challenge, whatever difficulty, whatever life has thrown at you today, Emmanuel, God with us, is with you. He is here among us. He brings comfort in the present. And maybe beyond just celebration of the past and comfort in the present, Advent is a celebration and anticipation for the future. How many of you know this world is not our home? Isaiah 9 and 2 says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. That was their promise, and they saw it fulfilled in Christ in a manger. And it is our promise, and we will see it fulfilled as Christ in a cloud of glory. Just as those people were longing for their Messiah to come, we wait with great anticipation for him to come again. And may I tell you, he is coming again. So I, I don't know what starts the Christmas season for you. I don't know what kicks off the Christmas spirit in your soul can i show you what it does what, what does it for me here's a picture every year my wife goes insane with christmas decorations okay that's i'll find another word later <clears throat> but there's always this moment every year where i sit back and i watch her when she does what she does and, and she doesn't understand that I can't look at that Christmas tree and, and put the ornaments in the right place. I can't, I, I'll put it there, it doesn't belong there. Well, okay, well, I'll, I'll just let you do it. There's two that, that I put there. Yeah, that's true. But when I watch her make our home look all festive, the Christmas season starts for me. But, but here's what I want us to grasp this morning, y'all is that we got to move beyond just the superficiality of this Christmas season into something that's a little more profound and a little more important, a little more eternal. 
And I, I gave you this way to remember it in a very cheesy little line. So here it is. The Christmas season is more about God's presence than your presence. See, it's, it's more, so much more than just the lights and the tinsel and the shopping and the food and the food and the food. It's so much more. I, I, I look back with such fond memories of the boys around the Christmas tree and the, our, our traditions, and those are wonderful, wonderful, wonderful memories, but it it's must be much deeper than that. There must be something that in these troubled times will carry us beyond the superficiality of this holiday from time to time. So here it is. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Good tidings, great joy to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be the sign to you. You'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill toward men. Father, as we begin this Christmas season at our church, at your church, help us to focus our hearts and minds and our souls on the truths of this season that Christ came, that he's still here, and that he's coming again. In Jesus' name. So, if you notice this series we've called do you see what i see and that may for many of you cause you to sing a carol a christmas hymn in your mind and i'm wondering if you know where that hymn came from that christmas hymn and i would try to sing it to you but we're not going to do that today said the night wind to the little lamb do you see what I see? Way up in the sky, little lamb, do you see what I see? A star, a star, dancing in the night with a tail as big as a kite. Do you, do you know the circumstances that those lyrics were written? Some of you were alive in 1962. In 1962, our nation was in the middle of what is now known as the Cuban Missile Crisis. The Cuban Missile Crisis was when the Soviet Union had placed an inordinate amount of nuclear weapons 90 miles off the shores of the United States of America. And there was great tension in our world then. 
In fact, I saw an interview not too terribly long ago of a CIA operative, and the question was asked, when, was, when were we close to ending this world? And he said, in 1962, during the Cuban Missile Crisis. See, maybe in our lifetime, we haven't seen unrest and danger and fear like 1962 during the Cuban Missile Crisis. And in 1962, in October of that year, a musician, his name is Noel Regney, was walking down the streets of Manhattan. And this tune began to pop into his mind as he's praying for the peace of our world. Do you see what I see? Because what he saw in that moment was unrest and frustration and fear in the eyes of the people that passed by him, passed toward him that day. See, what, what everybody else saw was fear and hostility and danger. And he said, I see a star dancing in the night with a tail as big as a kite. Now fast forward to 2021. What do you see? Do you see political unrest? Do you see a pandemic? Is that what you see? Do you see racial tension? Is that what you see? I see hope. I see hope. Over the next four weeks, we'll talk about those four gifts that we talk about every Advent season. Hope, love, joy, and peace. Today, the gift of hope. I see hope. <laughs> Think about how people usually use that word. I hope it doesn't rain. I hope I, hope I get the job. I hope the Bulldogs win. How... How'd that work? I hope. I hope. I hope my cold's gone tomorrow. You know, you notice the theme there? You know, that, that kind of hope is characterized by doubt. It's characterized by uncertainty and some lack of control. And that's not the kind of hope we talk about today. We hope for those things that may or may not happen. <laughs> but in Christ Jesus, hope is a guarantee, a sure thing, a promise. It's never a maybe so. It's always a I know so. It's never a this might happen. It's always secure promise somebody with a lot more patience than me counted the promises of God in the Bible there's some over 7,000 of them just stop 7,000 I'm going to give you four just four he promised to never leave you that's a pretty good one isn't it he promised to provide for you according to his abundant riches. That's a pretty good one, isn't it? He promised that he had a plan for your life, plan to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope in a future. That's a pretty good one. He promised that he would stick closer to you than a brother. 
So just four promises. And, and here's the beauty. Jeremiah 33 talks about this, this truth that it would be easier for the daytime to break its covenant with the nighttime to follow it than it would be for God to break one of his promises. How many are there? 7,000. In other words, it would be easier for the day not to follow the night and the night not to follow the day than it would be for God to break one of them. And so I, I need you to understand that when we use the word hope, don't let your mind go back to this, I hope the Bulldogs win. I hope we get Mexican food after, after church. No, 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 no. I, I want you to understand that when we talk about hope in Christ, it's solid, it's secure, it is forever settled. So in the spirit of Advent, we're going to look at, first of all, hope remembered. Isaiah 7 and 14. See, we read these, these passages in Isaiah. There's a lot of passages in Isaiah that we throw out at Christmas time. And let's just put this in context. See, between Isaiah and Luke 2, the baby in the manger, there's 700 years. 700 years between the promises that we read at Christmas time and the baby in the manger. 700 years. And so I don't want to play a game that, that God works on your timetable because he doesn't. God doesn't work on, the, you know, on, on your iCal, right? He, he, that's not how he works. He works on his time, and his timing is perfect. Isaiah 7 says, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. We'll call him Emmanuel. Isaiah 9 and 6 says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So here are these people, clean, an entire nation, clinging to hope for 700 years, hoping that a promise would come to pass. So all of these prophecies, all of these gave gave this nation a clear expectation of what was going to happen. Hundreds of years. But that promise didn't make the waiting any easier. <laughs> I remember we felt like God had given us a promise that we were going to have children. And then she miscarried twice. The promise doesn't make the waiting easier. Does it make sense? The promise that God's going to provide doesn't make the waiting easier when you don't see the provision. The promise that God will heal doesn't make the waiting easier when you don't feel healed. The promise of a plan to prosper you and not to harm you doesn't, that doesn't help when you don't feel prospered and a little harmed. Here's, here's the thing we have to remember. What, you know, what, what are you hoping for? What, are you, what is it that thing that you're waiting for? In those moments, remember this, that we don't hope for something. We hope in someone. And his name is Jesus. So today, I want us to remember that hope was promised 
and hope showed up. And then we were going to remember hope encountered. I love this passage in Hebrews, Hebrews 6. So God has given both his promise and his oath. Are you, are you hearing this? That, that sounds pretty serious to me. God's given a promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable. What were you talking about earlier? Because it is impossible for God to lie. So everything else in your world may change. These promises can't change. It's impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge. Who's that? That's me and you. We who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. And, and, and don't let the, that phrase trip you up. That, that hope that lies before us isn't hope that's coming. That's, imagine the table set and that meal is lying before you. The hope that lies before us. In other words, it's here and ready for you. This hope, listen, is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. And, and, and what that tells us is what this hope promises us is not just the stuff of this life. It's that we can boldly approach the throne of God and find help and grace and mercy in our time of need. We can sit at the feet of God Almighty because of this hope that showed up 2,000 years ago. So please don't think of this hope as something that showed up then. It's something you can encounter today. This Jesus that pierced the night sky with his cry. I saw the funniest little meme on Facebook last week. It was Mary, and she said, you know, uh, I just got the baby to sleep. I really didn't need a drum solo right now. I was like, see that that baby grew up to be a man, and that man gave his life. He shed his blood and he died on a cross for your sins and for mine. And then three days later, he rose again. And right now. He's making intercession for you. He knows your name, and he knows your circumstance, and he knows your situation. That, my friend, is hope. That the God of the universe knows my name, and he knows what I'm walking through, and he knows what I'm dealing with, and he knows what's ahead of me, and he knows what's behind me, and he knows my name. And he's in control, and I can rest in that hope. Jesus coming as Emmanuel, God with us, listen, changes to everything. So as you sit here today, the, the hope that you hold on to, it may not seem to be changing things. Your heart and your mind might be flooded with concerns and stresses and hardships. And the signs of change in your circumstances may be slim to none. And I say this all the time, but I, I, just, I just feel like somebody needs to hear this today. 
Just because you can't see God at work, just because with your mortal eyes and your five human senses, you don't understand and you can't identify God's activity, please know that he is working hard on your behalf, that he knows where you're at. And just because you can't see him doesn't mean that he's not moving hell and heaven and earth and everything in between on your behalf. And that's your hope, my friend. It's, it's not in, in your ability to change the circumstance, in your ability to change the season, in your ability to change the situation. It's in the ability and the power and the presence of Almighty God who is at work on your behalf. And you can't encounter his hope today. So you, you can't hope in the change. You hope in the God of change. See, in the midst of him changing circumstances, what he may be doing is changing you. Yeah, we've been talking about that a little over the last little few weeks. See, I'm, I'm convinced that God allows certain things to come into our lives that, that, are, that are grossly difficult. And some of you walk down places and through things that, that I can't understand. And maybe I've walked through some things that you can't understand. But here's what I know, that God has a unique plan for you. And, and the hell that you've had to walk through, the hell that you might be dealing with right now, God could use that to mold you and shape you into a man of God, a woman of God that can do incredible exploits in the kingdom of God. It might be a process, and it might be a painful one. That's why we don't hope in the, in the stuff. We don't hope in the change. We hope in the God who is at work on our behalf, the God of all hope. So regardless of what the outward appearance is, at any given moment in your life, we find hope in these words. Hebrews 6, 19. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. See, an anchor doesn't stop the storm, does it? What does an anchor do? It holds you steady in the middle of the storm. So I don't, I don't place my hope in when the storm is going to pass. I place my hope in the anchor that will hold me safe and secure. Maybe let this season... Maybe let it remind you of where your hope lies. You have an anchor. His name is Jesus. So we've talked about hope remembered and hope encountered. And lastly, we'll talk about hope that is expected. Romans 8, 24 says, for in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. 
Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Listen to me. The greatest hope is yet to come. I love this life. It's had its ups and downs. Eye hasn't seen. Ears never heard. It's not even entered into the heart of man. The majestic, glorious things that God has prepared for those that long for him and who have loved his appearing. You know what that word appearing is? Advent. See, I'm longing, not just that he came, not just that he's here, but that he's coming again. See, that's, that's where our hope lies. Not just that the, there was a baby born in a stable in Bethlehem, but that baby that was born in a stable in, a Bethlehem, in Bethlehem grew up to be a man. And that man gave his life on the cross of Calvary. And he rose again. And he's alive now and coming again. He who was, who is, and is to come. So we wait patiently. See, it's the bigger picture of our faith. See, we have this anchor that holds us steady through the storms of life. But one day, the sky will part, the storms will cease, and he will wipe every tear from your eyes. There'll be no more sickness or death or dying. The Bible says the former things have all passed away. Will you come? So we've talked about hope in our past and hope in our present and hope in our future. So take this home with you. With the hope of Christ, my past is redeemed. You need to remember that. When you don't know the things I've done, the things I've seen and the things that I've said, the places I've gone. Nope, I don't. But I do know the hope of Christ is that all of that's been redeemed. And there's nothing you've walked through and there's nothing you've seen and nothing you've done that the power of Christ can't redeem. So my past is redeemed. My present makes sense. When you don't understand, I feel, I feel like I'm lost. I feel like I'm just wandering around this life. I'm going to tell you that the hope of Christ is that he's got a plan for you. And that even though you feel wa like you're waffling around, that, that, that your, your Father, your, your Heavenly Father, your, your Savior Jesus has a tight grip on you. He knows where you're at. He knows what you're walking through. And he's holding you secure even when you don't feel like it. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense. My future is an abundant, eternal, forever life.
with my hope who has a name. His name is Jesus. Bow your heads with me. Hey, I don't, I'm not going to call you forward today because I don't want to breathe on you. I'm just, just wondering if you're here and you just say, Dwayne, I, I need an anchor today. I need some hope. Not some lofty, ethereal, might happen hope. I need hope today that is safe, secure. I need an anchor. I'm in a storm and I need an anchor. If that's you and you just say, Dwayne, I need you to pray for me this morning. Just kind of wave your hand at me. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for hope. Thank you for hope. Thank you for an anchor that is safe and secure. In the storms of life, thank you that we do have this hope in Christ Jesus. And God, there are those that are here, that are watching online, that would say, I'm in the middle of a difficult storm. God, would you just, as only you can, be that strong hope. Be an anchor for their soul this morning. And for that, we'll ever praise you. Help us to remember that our past is redeemed because of the hope in Christ. Our present makes sense because of the hope in Christ. And our future is secure, an abundant, eternal life because of the hope of Christ. In Jesus' name. Donna, sing that chorus just a time or two.
you love and this hope is an anchor for my soul our God will stand Father, we're thankful for the hope and the promise of the cross. We adore you. Thank you for the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. Thank you for the promise that today hope has a name. His name is Jesus. What you offer the Lord? An ovation of praise for his goodness. Hey, if you got hope this morning, you ought to make crazy noise for the Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Merry Christmas.